0: Very much so. It's all <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. Welcome to the Dad Life Podcast, everyone. Um, We are, you know, struggling with a bottle of beer today that we have to splitzy. It's a large, large bottle. It's very big. I'm excited. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. Welcome, everybody. We, uh, we're we trying to get back on track, getting these things out the door on a more regular basis uh, now that we actually sound halfway decent. Ha! Halfway decent. I mean, a lot better than we used to. Oh, Here is you that are. mine?
1: It is yours. Thanks, buddy. That's a, a really light color. Today, we're drinking a, um, a Saison, and it will be my first Saison. Whoa. S-A-I-S-O-N. Whoa. Oh. It's, <laughs> Good luck. It says it's a pale ale that is highly carbonated, fruity, <laughs> spicy, and awful bottle-conditioned. It says it was historically brewed with local, local, or not local, low alcohol levels, but modern productions of the style have moderate to high levels. So it's generally classified as a farmhouse ale, whatever okay. the hell that means. But, it's, uh, uh,
0: it's definitely spicy. Spicy. I'm excited for that's you to a, try this.
1: That's a strange word when you're drinking beer.
0: It's different. I'm not going to say I don't like it.
1: We got this out of a brewery in Springville, Utah, which is in Utah County, um, listeners that's south of Provo a ways we had the boys down in that area at a baseball camp this summer so we we had dinner and, and went to this place called Strap Tank Brewery and this Strap is from there tank. this is one of their seasonal releases it's a barrel age saison it is yep.
0: 11.6% so, oh lord so that's a good one so cheers to you cheers to you buddy yeah, I don't, I'm gonna, I wanna see your reaction. Yep, that's the one I thought you were gonna have.
1: Whoa. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, to, I don't, I don't know if I like that.
0: It's different. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain that at all. Like, efficient uh, beer aficionados will be like, it's I think exactly what a Saison should taste like. I don't know. Highly
1: carbonated and fruity. Um, yeah, it, it almost <sighs> tastes like a cider kind of but a really like tangy cider maybe one that went bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know um i don't i won't close the door completely on a saison but that's not other saison's
0: that this this one just seems super maybe it's because it's so high point i don't know Hmm. we need a beer expert on the show i've decided we had one i know but we we talk more about other stuff we gotta bring on one like on a regular yeah really and they can teach us things. That guy's moving right? to Germany. I know he's moving. The beer expert guy. All right, so final thoughts on this beer before we move on. I'm going to say, for the first time in podcast history, I don't like it. I'm I, just throwing it out there. I don't
1: like this one mm-hmm. that we're drinking currently. No. Um, but you got to try new things. You do. And uh, it's the spice of life. It is. Variety. You got to You got to <laughs> mix some other stuff in there, and you find things you don't like. You know I'm pretty easy to please most yeah. of the time. I'm like oh, it's beer and it's good, but no, no, this one's rough. This might be an acquired taste, <laughs> but I don't know how much I'm going to subject myself to try and acquire it.
0: There was a, a beer that we drank. It was like the really fruity one, like a raspberry or a strawberry. Do you yeah, remember that? I do. It wasn't bad. That was better than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. throwing that out there. Um,
1: what has been going on, dude? It's September. Uh, Almost October. Almost
0: October. The fall is in full swing in our house. Football's good. Football's going. Courtney put up uh Halloween shit today. Wow, you beat. She beat. We my beat, wife. We beat Jen. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I think Courtney took pictures just to show Jen. That's incredible. Just to Be like, suck it.
1: For our listeners, we win. Our house at Halloween <laughs> is unlike any other I've ever witnessed. It's like Disneyland if you like there Halloween. There are literally thousands of items. Yeah strewn throughout i'm trying to goes yeah she goes all out and and makes it really fun but what a process holy crap i'm wondering why you guys didn't start today um we had a busy day we helped some friends move oh no yeah not to help someone move hey but you got to do it i get it but man love them it sucks it does suck (laughs) and they're stressed out just like everybody who's moving is but it's just something you do that's as a dad for the people you
0: love you help people move, and you don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've celebrated a lot this month. We uh, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit, get a little deep, and talk about nine eleven and Chris and I's very different experiences on that that fateful day that we just passed. This year just marked the twentieth, yeah, twentieth anniversary of that uh, terrible, terrible day, planet changing day. Yep. But on a brighter note. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I got to do some fun things this month with our wives. I turned 40. Happy birthday, Ryan. Thanks, man. Uh, guess whose birthday is tomorrow? Yours. Wow, I guess it dated this one. Bamsies. Um, <laughs> well, you know, people know. I'm past that. I'm past it. Uh, but yeah, we went down, uh, we celebrated in Vegas, Vegas style, for my 40th. Had a blast. A very quick one. Did very a night, quick trip. You know, quick shoot down. It's
1: like what? 45 minutes. Oh, the airplane ride is sweet. Yeah, it's pretty nice. By the time you get to altitude,
0: you're descending back in. It was perfect. Uh, we had, we rented a cabana and had a day at the pool, which was fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted. And then Chris and I came home, and uh, we both ended up with a day off, and we went, played some charity golf. That and was that amazing. Was a blast.
1: Shout out to... Um, M&M. M&M
0: Distribution.
1: And their J, is it JDRF, RF. which is supporting um, type 1 diabetes yep. research. And Charity. They had a very, very good um, event that they put on. It was great. Had a blast. I think uh, if I can swing it, I will make it happen every year from here.
0: Oh, absolutely. It was super fun. It was fabulous. I mean, I'd play terrible until the 16th, and I finally birdied hole. That was oh, it was all you. It was your drive and your
1: putt. Wow. That's
0: that was beautiful. the one hole that I did good on.
1: And we talked about it in our golf episode, but this format of this tournament was a scramble where it's four people and you take one score from the four of you. So everybody hits a drive and then you go to the best one. And then all four of you hit from there and you go to the best one. So you can participate, contribute. Mm-hmm. You can suck when your boys can... Pick you back up, yep. our gals, your teammates, you know. So it's it's my favorite way to play golf. Oh, absolutely. I love it.
0: Chris carried the shit out of us. Don't let him be humble because he had some really good It's shots. a team game. It was. Team game. For one hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was super fun. Um, and then we've got, you know, Halloween coming up, and we've got all the fun holidays. My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. So I'm excited for that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a fun September. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Turning 40 was a little weird. Was it weird for you? Yeah, just the fact that I'm 40. I mean, not that I like stumbled with it or had any like depression over turning 40. I have a pretty good place in my life. I'm pretty happy. I'd say you're doing all right for yeah. yourself. But it's still, when I start to think about, you know, when I lost both of my grandfathers, I'm like, damn, half my life yeah. could be possibly
1: over. I, I think it's a, a good benchmark of of you know half yeah something more than that is let's say a bonus absolutely the healthy we we you know i guess conduct ourselves now
0: will you know benefit us later on yeah Um, maybe we shouldn't drink any more saison
1: um yeah that's not gonna help Uh. (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna help it's not gonna help ferment our insides or that's true. Preserve us in any way. 100% true. Labor Day. Do you know why we celebrate Labor Day? Dude, enlighten me on Labor Day, bro. Um, I I have a, a small shred of an idea, idea, but let's see what the internet has to say. It says, why do we celebrate Labor Day? It's an Work. annual celebration of workers and their achievements. Um, in the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution in the U.S., the average American worked 12-hour days, seven days a week, in order to eke out a basic living. Despite restrictions, in some states, children as young as five or six would work in mills, factories, and mines, earning a fraction of their adult counterparts. Counts. Wow. So I think in a way to, um, I, I guess, organize workers' rights, they formed unions and celebrated that day to, you know, not... To not work. You know, not, not work, but not have those horrible conditions.
0: Very interesting. So, so what was the first Labor Day, does it say? Um, what was the very first one? Ooh. I'm making you do the Googles right now. hmm um, It's fine if it doesn't say. I'm just curious.
1: Okay, here we go. September 5th, 1882. 1882. 10,000 workers took unpaid time off to march from City Hall to Union Square in New York City. Holding the first Labor Day parade in U.S. history, good his, for them. In U.S. history, so that's the idea cool. is, a, is of a work working men's holiday. Yeah, so there you go.
0: Workers around the world. The Congress tonight.
1: would not legalize the holiday until twelve years later. Sons of bitches! And it had to do with a, a watershed moment in their American labor history. There so you go. there's you a little something new even on the Dad Life podcast. We're, we're learning a few right? things. We learned, but that's why today. we
0: celebrate it. I'm sure everyone knew that, but we got didn't. a little specifics. I mean, you're welcome for those that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So to to get to the heart of the episode, um, I think probably the easiest thing to do to start us off is maybe where we were and what we remember. I don't know. What what of do do course. Think? Um I think that's a,
1: a great conversation start. Um 20 years ago, September 11th, I was at work um, in South Korea. Mm-hmm. It was close to 10 or 11 p.m. Okay. Where I was, and I was in an office writing an eval on one of my trainees that I was training in air traffic control, and a co-worker of mine... um. Ran in the, in the office and said, somebody just flew a plane into the World Trade Center. And it was like, first thing that came to your mind, like, I think everybody was, oh, a small general, yeah. you know, Cessna, Cessna. airplane, yeah. something like that. A very small aircraft, like, ooh, somebody lost control and hit that. But as things unfolded, um, and we started to learn more things, we were watching the news and the second one hit live. Yep. Yeah. And then we were all glued to the television for what felt like two straight weeks. Yeah. And just kind of in like the bewilderment of, of how it felt. Yeah. Nobody knew immediately what was happening, but I've never since that period of time felt more, uh, unity across the nation for a period of time than, than that collective moment, those collective moments. 100%. Um, and I I won't forget um, one of my supervisors, when he we saw the second airplane hit the second tower, he said, oh my gosh, these things usually happen in threes, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah. That he kind of called that because um, unfortunately then the next one hit the Pentagon. Yep. And then there was actually a fourth one that yep. went down in Pennsylvania. But um, I just thought that was a weird thing to, to think or say. Um, but that's where I was. I was already serving in the military, but it changed everyone's life, every human being across the globe, whether they knew it or not. Yep. But more so in my line of work, for sure.
0: 100% your line of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you deal with every day.
1: It was. It went from like that dazed bewilderment. I mean, everybody, depending on where they were, had different emotion, but it was just kind of like shock at first, and then right back into "all right, let's go whoop some ass." Yep. Was what I I felt internally, personally. Yep. And collectively amongst my, you know, peers and coworkers at the time, but oh, that's absolutely. that's where
0: I was and how I felt. Yeah, I am a little younger. Uh-huh. Not much. Not much. Just a little. And I was uh, a sophomore in college at, at Tusculum College, which is now uh, Tusculum University in East Tennessee. And I was in an econ class. And it was uh, one of the larger classes. We are a fairly small school, but it was in the one of the lecture halls. What's an econ class? Uh, just economics. Okay, sorry. Um, and so sitting in the front row, listened to Dr. Gary, who was one of my favorite professors of all time. And I was sitting with one of my best friends next to me. And next thing you know, some girl walks into the lecture hall and just screams, we've been bombed, just screams at the top of her lungs and left. And it was the weirdest few seconds of just like, what do we do now? We've been bombed. We've been bombed. See you later. Yep. So then uh, Dr. Gary just said, well, I a don't know thing. what that means, but we're gonna go ahead and just excuse class and let's go figure out what that was, right? Mm-hmm. So to his credit, excused us. Um, I walked across campus, which took you know a few minutes, uh, got back into my dorm and you know, we're gonna age ourselves here. but back in those days we just had a big screen in the lobby because there was no flat screens uh, back then. But you had a television. There was a television, yeah, a giant television, and I'm I'm watching the first tower smoke. So I'm like, "Well, that definitely wasn't a bomb." Mm -hmm. And go up to the second floor where my room was, and of course, everyone is now back, you know, from class and are in their rooms, and all of our doors are open. We're all watching the same thing, and immediately I watched the second plane live happen, happen live, happen live, and it changed.
1: From what, from what happened to now we know what's happening. Yep. You know what I mean? And it, and it went, I mean, the emotions changed and something inside everybody went, holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was such a, I mean, an indescribable emotion that we've never known since, but wow,
0: that was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Total gut punch. Uh, my mom immediately called me and it was so weird. I mean, East Tennessee to New York, like, I don't know, six hours drive. It's not super close, but my mom internally panicked that I might be in danger. Cause who knows, you know, what's happening. I'm on the, well,
1: now, you know, at this point, the entire country is under attack and she was reaching out to yep. her loved ones and saying, are you okay? Exactly. I, I
0: understand her you know, <laughs> yeah, it where was. she was coming from for sure. And I had, what's, what's funny is, you know, you were in the military and obviously I think most in the military probably had that same reaction of like, all right, let's go get these motherfuckers. Yeah. I had the same feeling like I wanted to, obviously I couldn't do anything, right? I'm not in the military, like, but I had that same but feeling. But like, you, you
1: felt a sense of community, like you wanted to join hands with the guy sitting next yeah, to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and unite. Like I said, the unity yep. everybody felt was like um, rage. Oh, absolutely! Payback, violence. Yep. Um, you did this to me. We gotta, you know, obviously retaliate. Yep. So that was the sentiment, but it was let's place our trust and our um our faith in the systems in place, our U.S. military and what we did. Um, So it was a lot of, okay, we know there's something happening behind the scenes. We know Mm -hmm. there's something going to happen. We don't know what it's going to look like because when you're attacked, most of the time, let's say pre-September 11th, there was the whole universe prior to, and then everything has happened since. Yeah, Prior to it was, okay, we've just been attacked. We know where we're going. We know who it was and we know how to take care of this. But this was... Um, I shouldn't say unlike anything that's happened before, because we obviously have, have been attacked by rogue terrorist groups prior yeah. to, but never on this scale. Yeah. Okay. So, um, to go, I guess, put your, um, pinpoint that location of that individual or that group was so tough. Yeah. And it changed everything in, in so many ways we could sit here for the rest of our lives and dissect that moment and and everything we did in response. But here we are 20 years later and really why I want to bring it up is I've never given myself the, um, the reason to watch any movies yeah. or documentaries or, or stories about it because I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I guess, relive it. I just have just lived my life since and however it happened it happened yeah Uh, but i did watch something recently on netflix i think it came out recently called turning point um it was a four or five part series which i liked a lot because i learned a lot
0: Mm -hmm.
1: a lot about the build-up and the 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 actors in play let's say um and how and why it all took place and it gets and it goes down a, a rabbit hole that I didn't really care for, but the first two were fantastic, and I plan to watch it with my whole family and my children. First two episodes for sure, because I learned things yeah. that I didn't know,
0: and I think so bef- It was cool. Before we get into, and I, I totally agree with you, I want to talk about my experience driving from East Tennessee to Georgia and how like united that drive was. All the flags I saw. Why were you doing that? I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, my best friend, or not my best friend, my dad's best friend lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And I went to visit. And so I took that drive down the interstate south of East Tennessee and just the the unity that I saw in the country was amazing. Just people standing on overpasses and cars having giant flags. It was yeah. just pretty crazy. But before you, we get into the, the aftermath of what happened and how our lives completely changed, I do want to touch on because I think it's important and I think people would be interested in, can you talk about being on a military base and what happened immediately after? I mean, obviously sure. it's like, of course alert, right?
1: Um, Yes. Um, To hear everyone's different experience, no matter where they were on the planet, everyone had some type of intimate uh, reaction or experience of that, that day. But I was, halfway across the world in Korea and it was 11 o'clock at night, but we felt the same raw emotion like everyone else did. But from a military standpoint, we did a lot of the same things everybody did here stateside, which was ground all the airplanes immediately. So it was all the airplanes we had out were all immediately returned to base. So it was busy for a little bit to get everybody back down, but then we didn't fly for, I, I don't even remember how long people were grounded. Yeah. We weren't doing our regular training sorties. Mm-hmm. Sorties were, were the training missions. Um, if you listen to some previous episodes about what that military flying schedule looks like, but it was not normal. Yeah. We were restricted to base and it was almost like quarantine. Okay. Almost. Um, but that's we still went to work and reported in, but it wasn't the norm. Yeah. Um, it was more buckle down and prepare, f- ready to go for whatever, um, for whatever was to come. Yeah. So, um, we are all already in that posture anyways. This just was okay. Now it's, it's even, it's more go so. time. Yeah. So as the days waned on and, um, I don't know, it was a lot of hurry up and wait. We had more time to think and sort out and, and, and be ready to go at a moment's notice, but it was just a lot of unknown. Yeah. Because they, it was guns ready, ready, fire, aim type of thing. You know what I mean? But have no idea who to aim at. Exactly. So yeah. it, it, we, it was just, um, we didn't know, we didn't know. Yeah. Yet, so. I don't I don't remember how long it was before we started flying regularly again, but we still worked on a regular schedule. Yeah. I think it must have been not must have it certainly was crazier here stateside air traffic control wise because it was it went from the call made from the highest levels to ground every single airplane that's in the sky. Yeah. So that I would love to hear stories from somebody that you know, was on an airplane at the exact same time that was headed for L.A. and ended up landing in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That type of scenario. There's those thousands upon thousands of stories, but I've never met anybody that was in that scenario,
0: so. That's crazy to even think about.
1: You watch the the playback because you can see the entire nation, the air traffic that's in the sky, and then on September 11th, everybody, all the blips on the whole screen just all filter into a bunch right to of, where yeah wherever they could uh, land airports and um, I spent another three months in Korea mm-hmm. and then I returned back to the United States so I don't really remember the exact day that commercial air travel resumed yeah do you recall
0: no idea I'm sure it was. I mean, I flew home. Weeks. I flew home for Christmas. So that was, a. I mean, talk about the experience of, you know, flying out to college and then now flying right after 9 11. Mm-hmm. You know, National Guard at the door, National Guard at security, M16s everywhere. That was,
1: uh, it was insane. A funny, not funny, but that was an interesting transition before the TSA was stood up. Yep. And yeah, that was what I experienced coming home from Korea, going through Japan, and then back to the states. Your your regular security, I say in air quotes, was
0: not I much. Mean, it was nothing
1: really. Yeah. Um, you could go right to the gate to the airplane, and
0: you just had to walk through a metal detector. That was, that's that really, that's all it was. It. Yeah.
1: Um, now there's an entire institution that's stood up, along with Homeland Security. Yep. Those two different divisions. Wow, my gosh um
0: completely changed it but yeah it It, it was was weird seeing armed military members at airports oh yeah and it was (laughs) so then fast forward i don't want to go too far past but the other like just memory that i'll never forget is i flew home in february of 2002 for the olympic games because they were here in salt lake Mm mm-hmm Worked out my schedule with my college to say, "Hey, I'm taking this month off. I'm going. I'm not going to miss the Olympics. Like that'd be crazy. It's in my hometown. I got to go." Yeah. So worked that worked that all out and got on a plane. wasn't you know super comfortable still even at that point mm-hmm. a year later flying. Mm-hmm. And I remember flying down from Tri Cities Airport down to Georgia, then off to Salt Lake, and I'm being on the plane from Georgia to Salt Lake, mm-hmm. and just you know, I don't think I don't know if I looked nervous or or what. But the guy next to me said, "Hey, where are you heading?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm heading home for the Olympics." He's like, "Yeah, everyone on this plane is heading that way." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "There's really no no reason to worry on this plane." I'm like, "Well, I don't. What do you mean by that?" And he's like, "Well, let's just say that you've probably got 150 police officers on this plane that all have their their weapons on them because they were all volunteering for the Olympic games." He told you that, yeah. That's not normal, but, but that's. But I was like, but you felt much better. Oh, I felt that, way I'm sure better. Of it. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> we're good then. I feel way better. <laughs> Just the whole, and I, it's funny that you you talk about walking to the gate because my whole childhood growing up was meeting my dad because my dad traveled all the time. Yeah, and I'd meet him at the gate. My mom would take us to the airport. We'd meet him. Right. We'd watch him come down the. You know the tarmac and park, and then walk them. Absolutely, walk them up and see them come out the door. Like that was my whole childhood, and that's mm-hmm. all just completely gone now, which is crazy to me. My kids will like never understand what that even was. Um, our kids, because our kids are younger, only know
1: the word September 11th because it's now a a piece of vocabulary
0: and it's taught in history and it's taught insane,
1: um, and they just. I don't know exactly. I'd like to see the curriculum that they're teaching in school. Yeah. Um, and just like anything else that's ever happened in history, when you had like an older generation tell you about how Vietnam was like and World mm-hmm. War II and if, if you knew anybody, you know, old enough to tell you about things even before then, the yeah. depression. You know, the people that lived through that conductive themselves differently their whole life yep you know what i mean so anyways um i will say the turning point documentary on netflix takes a turn but as far as education the first two are great okay. to watch as a family to i mean it's not uh it's it, it'll be a lot of conversation a lot of more education and, and it's it's you're, you're going to get emotional, I think. Yeah. It's, it's rough to see and watch just like it was living through it, but we were in safe places Yep. to be involved in New York City. That is a completely different conversation. I don't even want to try and yeah dissect. Me but neither. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So you get a few snippets of different experiences through that, that, those first couple episodes. I learned some, um, I was just in a military capacity, so it was it was business, man. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. That's that's all I had in mind, and that's all it's been, and it's been 20 years, and we're still, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Still at the ready? Really? Well, still at the ready, but as far as eradicating that threat, right? Mm-hmm. Winning that war, I don't know if that there is a definitive answer to that as long as you and I or no. anyone shall live. I don't think there ever will be. I don't know. I really don't.
0: Hard to say. It's, it's impossible to yeah. say, but... E- <laughs> but I think what it did... For, I mean, we talk about, you know, guys wanting to, to fight. I mean, I had a buddy that just joined immediately and off he went because he knew what would happen. And we all did, right? We were going to retaliate. We'd figure it out and we were going to fight back. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. the American mentality. Yeah. And he did. He went to war pretty much right after basic. Yeah. But I, have, I have
1: You know, coworkers and friends that did the same exact thing. Yep. Enlisted. September eleventh, two thousand and two. Just for the sentiment and Yep. Deployed many times and, and whooped some ass and l- thankfully came home. But there's yep. plenty that have not because of that. But what a what a a crazy experience. And now we're looking back on as twenty years ago and I can't believe it's been twenty years. And the reason that I, I felt passionate to talk about it is because I haven't allowed myself to even think much or talk much about it other than, oh yeah, it's just that shitty thing that happened. Yeah. And you, you hear every year, um, and you see t-shirts and you have conversations never forget. Yep. Right. Which I think, um, a lot of people have forgotten. I think it'll just... It kind of does fade away. It's easy to forget. Yeah. But um, it is also easy to then turn on the television and watch something that kind of brings you back to that moment. Some people can never forget because they don't have a choice. Yep. Depending on what, you know, uh, direct result they've had because of it. But um, I, I can say that there have been times where I have not remembered the gravity of the scenario as it happened 20 years ago. Yeah. I have forgotten that. And it wasn't until I allowed myself to watch that documentary that I went, holy
0: shit. Yeah. And it is, I don't even want to try and compare it because it's not a comparison, but, you know, before my grandfather passed, like never talked about World War II, right? Just never talked about it. Mm -hmm. And it's just something he experienced and didn't want to talk about. It wasn't until, you know, weeks before he passed that he finally like opened up and it was like just weeks before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably opened up more to my mom and my uncles and aunts. Did he, um, did he, um, what do you think the reason for that was? I feel like it's the same thing, right? Where I don't want to really talk about nine 11. You know, I didn't experience it firsthand, but I was alive when it happened. And mm-hmm. it's still, I remember like, Going to the grocery store and seeing the pictures of, you know, the people that would just throw themselves off the building because they knew they weren't going to make it. And that bothered me, like, to my core, to see that at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And that's so many separations away from what my grandfather experienced in the South Pacific, right? Mm -hmm. Don't even want to think about what he had to go through. So I completely understand, more so now, why that stuff is buried and they don't want to talk about it because who wants to relive a nightmare for lack of a better word, right? No, the worst
1: moments in their entire life. Yeah. Yep. It's not, it's, yeah. Unless it's cathartic, it's something you don't want to re, revisit or talk about. I yep. understand that 100%. So it's, Did your grandfather know he was close to, to passing? Yeah, he did. He kind of knew and yep. maybe then decided to want to talk about it type of deal?
0: Yeah, he knew. <clears throat> unfortunately, he you know passed from cancer and and had a good idea that it was coming and we took out Reese and Jack uh to go see him. Oh, cool. One last time and well, for them they were so young. Um they wouldn't have remembered any time sure. before that, but we knew and he knew um that would be the last time and I re- he didn't know. I tried a few months prior to get him to um, create like a memory book and I was going to give it to my mom for Christmas but he was just, he he apologized and said, I just don't have the the will to do it, which sure. I understood. Sure, sure. But then when I saw him and he started opening up with these stories and he had opened up previously, I don't want to think that, you know, it was all just kind of laid out and one day, he would, the older he got, he would release, you know, funny stories of the war but never like the, the, the gruesome stuff. Sure. And uh, I recorded him on my phone, and of course, she had no idea I was doing it. But I put it next to us as we had the conversation about it. So I've got that. That that's incredible. Was really great to keep. I'm glad that you did
1: that, and I'm yeah. sure you're glad you did that too. That's yeah, pretty awesome. Cool. Awesome. But anyway, Anyways. we're overtime, and uh, well, we're not um, a dark place. Closing <laughs> closing thoughts. Um, this uh, everyone has their own experience, whether they were yeah. born. Yesterday or whenever, th- this, that moment has an effect on your life. Yep. No matter what. So, um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Some I think cherish
0: the you life you have. Cherish the folks around you because you just never know, right? That's, yeah. That's a life lesson that we all can take in to cherish every day that you have.
1: Yeah. Let's, if you think about it like a, um, a microscope and you kind of, are, are dialing things back and you're trying to look things from a, a broader perspective. Um, the fact that that took place in this era of life and the fact that we're still at war in this point in our globe's history, the fact that we're still fighting over this these things mm-hmm. really, really sucks terribly because war is hell. Yep. There's no question around it. The fact that I have this ideology. You have your beliefs. You want to wage this, you know, perspective upon whatever situation, yep. and I am willing to end you and however many people's lives it takes to uh, accomplish that objective. Sucks that we're still at that yep. level, and and there's no end to that type of. I don't know, as far as our inception. Yeah. It's pretty fucking barbaric that we're still at this point. You know? Well, I look at history, right? That's what I mean. It's like, just... how far have we come? N- n- great. Um, a lot of times intellectually, technologically, but at the core, man. Still pretty barbaric. Let's figure this shit out, right? I don't know if it'll ever happen. Uh, but I have hope.
0: We still have the dad. We're still dads. We're still dads. We still we, teach our we kids. We are
1: super blessed. Absolutely. To, to have the lives we have. Yep. We're super blessed to live in the country we live. Um, So without, you know, beating this thing any further. (laughs) (laughs) um, Until next time, everybody, stay positive and love your life. Later.